in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? There is one potential roster move that would be bigger news than Cam Newton. That's what the Texans do with Deshaun Watson. Ooh. Oh, you haven't seen yet. Is it moved on the wires? No, nothing is. Oh, happened. okay. No right, potential. Okay. Potential oh, yeah, yeah, roster yeah. move. Yeah. If something happened with Deshaun Watson today, uh, today's the day NFL teams have to cut their rosters down to 53. So there will be lots of roster moves today. Cam Newton being released so far the most significant. Uh, Aaron Wilson, though, reported yesterday that the Houston Texans are prepared to have Deshaun Watson on the 53-man roster every week, but not play. Let me ask you a question, because we had Jim Trotter yesterday, and I, he brought up a point. I, I sat there, I'm like, yeah, I don't understand this. Let's say he's on the 53, right? And I, I get the whole, you know, there's 20-something cases against them and pending in the civil lawsuits, but if he's on the 53, answer me why he's not playing. If you're the Houston Texans and the NFL has not stepped in and said this guy can't play. Right. I don't yeah. know why he's not playing. I, I, they, they're they have not, not said that unless they've said it behind the scenes. Nobody knows. Right. They're not playing him because they don't want the headlines of Deshaun Watson associated with their team. But they're going to keep him on the roster, okay. which brings the headlines of what happened to him and associating with the team. I'm, I'm 100% with you. Like, if you right. were... If you're the Texans and you're going to take a stand and say, listen, the legal process hasn't played out. but We're not playing him. But this guy, right. he's, he's a bad dude. Like, right. we're not going to have him with the team. And you, whatever, you cut him or you trade him if you have a right. trade offer, whatever. That's one thing to just say, hey, we're washing our hands clean of Deshaun Watson. <laughs> but for them to sit here and be like, well, we don't want to lose the asset for nothing but we're not going to play him because that'll bring us bad headlines. Stupid. They're trying to do both things at the same time. If you were going to make that moral, like if you were going to make that moral stance, you would have done it already. You would have right. released it. Yes. This is, this is complete so, posture. So you're going to start the season and be down like 14-0. And the entire idea about the NFL is to win. That's only the only thing that matters. We know that by a million examples and you're keeping that guy on the sideline and he's dressed. Yeah, they are. That doesn't make any sense at any level. If you dress the guy for a game, and he's standing on the sidelines. Well, you know, Tyrod throws two straight interceptions, but you're not putting him in like hey, a top five hey. quarterback in the well, NFL. He's probably not going to be active. He'll be on the roster, but he probably won't be on the act because only what is it, 48, 40, 40 are, eight, right? are on the active game day roster, yeah. whatever that number is. He'll be the inactive every can, week. If he's inactive, that's one thing. But I still think if you take a space up on the 53, then play the guy. But they, yeah, they are not. The Texans have not taken a definitive. They have not made a definitive choice on this. Of either, hey, we're playing this guy because we're allowed to. Nobody has suspended right. him. Or we're completely getting rid of this guy. They they should take a definitive choice, and they haven't done it yet. But I will. Jim Trotter made the point yesterday. Why hasn't the NFL put him on the commissioner's list? He's got 22 yeah. sexual uh, assault or whatever it's called cases against him. Why is he not on the commissioner's list? I don't understand why. The, this is the exact reason why it exists. I don't understand why he is not 
on the NFL's commissioners list. And that would, I mean, that'd make the Texans' life a lot easier because then they'd say, hey, well, the, the Texans' life, uh, Texans say, hey, it's not us. Right. Dad, and then he doesn't have us, to be on them. the team. Yeah. He doesn't have to be on the roster exactly. or whatever. He's, he's gone until it's solved or whatever. But I don't understand why the NFL hasn't put him on the commissioners' list. Like, the Texans are making a dumb choice here. But I do feel like overall, this is the NFL. What's happening? Why is this guy not on the commissioner's list? I mean, it could be that the NFL is finally going, no, it's your team. You make a decision. Well, then if they make a decision, keep him on the 53, then play guy. And I play the guy. And I'm not being selfish because he's my fantasy quarterback. Then Jesus Christ. (laughs) Well, I have others. If that's what, but Jared, if that's the NFL's. Bill Cosby's my running back. (laughs) If that's the NFL's plan, every NFL team's going to play the guy. Oh. And the NFL's Absolutely. goal, the NFL's goal is to, they don't want the headlines. Right. Like that's the reason the commissioner's list exempts. So they can take, oh, this but, guy has 22 sexual assault cases. We don't want that to be the headline of every single game the Texans right. play. But so if we you, put him on the commissioner's if list. If you keep him on the 53, you're getting headlines. Right. And that's right. That's, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense <laughs> for the Texans not to do it. And Jared, but Jared's saying maybe they're just letting the teams finally make their own decisions. Then every team's going to play him and every game's going to be, well, here's the starting yeah. quarterback. He who has have, 22 right. sexual uh, assault uh, yeah. accusations against him on massage therapy. Right. That's going to be when they show the box of his little bullet points of keys right. to the game. It'll be a little at the bottom. Uh, yeah, 22 sexual right. assault uh, allegations. Yikes. The other quarterback only has one. Well, right. if it's the Steelers, too. Happy to move on to the, to the next question here, Aaron. Here's a fun story for you. Just this morning, South Carolina has named their starting quarterback... And it's one of their graduate assistants. Who, by the way, graduated from Bishop Sycamore. A guy named Zeb Nolan was the quarterback at North Dakota State last year. He blew beat at Eastern Washington. Finished his season uh, and went and had a job lined up as a graduate assistant with South Carolina. In in, uh, fall practice, South Carolina's starting quarterback got hurt. And so this guy said, you know what? Give, give me a helmet. Give me, give me a, a helmet. helmet. I'm going to I'm gonna try out, and he won the job, and they announced wow. it this morning. So this guy came to South Carolina to basically start his coaching career, and he's going to start week one for an SEC Good team. for him. <laughs> and he actually exists. And his name is Zeb. <laughs> what? Zeb, <laughs> who's 47, will be starting for the South Carolina. Would it be really bad if he's, like, number seven in the Heisman voting? Like, it's just one of those, like, he passed for, like, 5,000 <laughs> yards. Zeb, really great guy. We should get more 25-year-old quarterbacks. It's a great story. I don't know how many games he's going to win, but cool story. What do you think the coach said? We're this bad? Have I not recruited well enough? That guy's <laughs> looking around saying, this is what I've got. I got some. He's a nice kid, but he's like, he's having a sandwich in the, in the coach's room. Now he's my quarterback? Well, after their starter got hurt, the backup was a transfer from like Morgan State. Okay. So, yes, he was. So, Zeb had a great saying, chance oh, right away. Zeb, Zeb. Zeb came from a place where he actually yeah, won. North Dakota State. Get in there, Zeb. That's, there's got to be a level of maybe we should start looking at uh, FCS transfers. <laughs> what do you think? Oklahoma and Tulane will not play in New Orleans this week. That game has been moved to Norman, Oklahoma. The Tulane football team already had relocated to Birmingham because of Hurricane Ida. The Saints have relocated to Arlington, Texas. They're supposed to host the Packers in week one. That's a couple weeks away, so it would appear as though they've got a good shot. But Sean Payton did say yesterday he wasn't sure if they'd be able to get back into New Orleans, get back into the Superdome to play that game. So Hurricane Ida causing a lot of issues in the sports world as well. Yeah.
And we were talking about this off the break. I mean, looking at the shots last night from Louisiana and elsewhere, football is pretty much yeah. <laughs> the last thing anyone should even care about at this point, yeah. what they've gone through there. It's a it's a brutal city to be in because brutal. of the hurricanes. Oh. Like it, It's a brutal place to live because they, they're below uh, sea level. So, they just continuing to have to rebuild. They, they had a guy on last night, and the, uh, the NBC anchor says, you know, how long will this take before you finally move? He goes, never. He goes, we'll be fine in two years. We'll rebuild. He goes, I'm yeah. never leaving here. They, they won't. They no. won't. They won't move. Because I, I lived in Mississippi when uh, Katrina hit. It was the same thing. I mean, it was it was devastating for people on the Mississippi coast. And also, it, it wrecked New Orleans pretty well, too. But it's still even though an understatement. It's below sea level. Yeah. It's, it, it's every time there's a significant hurricane, there, the city gets flooded. And it's like ridiculous but yeah it's not changing it's they're not it's not like the city's going to disappear because people they're going to live there they they like living there it's the same thing with miami where you'll see they're they're literally building multi-million dollar hundred million dollar hotels in an area that's like you understand this is going to be below water in like 10 years not not 20 years in like the next decade you will it'll be like ocean ocean property I will say one major underrated part about Las Vegas. We don't have natural disasters. Hey, we once had to play half an aces game because of an earthquake that happened in California. The strip on a Friday night. uh, You never know what's going to happen down there, but you're right. I have seen I have seen a lady fall down the escalator. And that is that is a natural. I mean, you've lived in a part of the country where they have them. So you have a great idea about this. But you're right. I mean, we are very fortunate you both have. We are very yeah. fortunate when you look on TV that that doesn't happen here. Tornadoes are, oh my God, a nightmare. I, I mean, that's, tornadoes suck. We, like hurricanes, like I, I lived inland more in Mississippi. So like, you it, didn't we get hit as hard. like when Katrina hit, we lost power for right. like four days or something like that. So it, it sucks, but there wasn't like damage or anything. But tornadoes are, tornadoes obliterate houses. And they oh, come, yeah. and they're just, they're out of nowhere. Like, well, just, and you don't know which one's getting obliterated. You can have right, three exactly. standing and one yes. gone. It's like, why didn't you hit these two yeah. people too? Exactly. It, that's genuinely growing up. I have met. I've met enough FEMA officers because of either tornadoes or the fact that everything in the Midwest is built above ground. If you put it, if you, anything ices over, it basically breaks all mm-hmm. the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Like no water, no like no gas, no heat, no electricity because. It got below freezing. Mm-hmm. It genuinely is like, I love Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. We might run out of water, but we're not getting carried well, off by a tornado. We're we, certainly uh, running out hey, of water hey, now hey. that uh, this isn't goodbye. It's see you later. We that guy's not here anymore. We don't need water. We've got a yard of yard of a margarita. We're fine. All right, coming up next. Bill Foley, he really wants to name his soccer team the Las Vegas Heroes. Myers waiting for another 2-2. Smith delivers. And that's hit on the ground. Pass the diving Crawford in the left center for a base hit. Tucker getting the way from Omar Lopez. He'll score without a throw. Jake Myers, an RBI single, will put the Astros on top. 4-3. It was great. Um, the homers tonight, just the at-bats, just taking walks when we needed to. Um... I, I thought we did a really nice job against Smiley. So certainly to put up a couple crooked numbers and, and get a win was uh, was great. Uh, obviously, there's also some great defensive plays, the JT play, the Turner play, well, the other Turner play. Um, just really good stuff, sound baseball. 
Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. I have an important question for you, Ed. Was Cody Bellinger in the lineup yesterday? Uh, double switch with Betts late for defensive purposes. Uh, and he got booed. Oh, I didn't know you didn't he hear this. He got booed? I didn't know you didn't know this, but check this out. I mean, I'm watching on TV, but they they have the 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 ump screwed up a, a play in the eighth where the batter interfered with Will Smith on a throw down to second. He actually made contact with Will Smith's back back on his follow through, so he's out obviously on interference. Then they tried to call the runner out who was stealing out as well, which no, you just he send just him back to, back to he, first. He goes back to first. Even Mookie Betts came in. And started laughing because I guess they're friends. They gave each other hugs, and Mookie's like, just go back to first. Like, Mookie knew the rule. They actually took the timeout to go to the video replay. I don't know. They were saying he also interfered with something, but that's not possible given the interference was called at home plate. No one knew. the. Everyone knew the rule except the umpires. <laughs> so it took so long that— Don't they get a little book? <laughs> yeah, exactly. They took so long that, that Roberts comes out and makes the pitching change, brings Trinan in, does a double switch, makes, takes Mookie out— and puts Belger in, and I'm telling you, when Mookie was Belger came out and he said to Mookie, "Get off!" And when he was running off, and Mookie's running, when he's running on, Mookie's running off. Boy, huge boost. And here's the thing: they couldn't have been booing anything else because the call had been made, sent him back to first. Everyone, it was the right call, and there were huge boos. Oh boy, which was oh kind of startling. Um, I do want to tell you, but this is why Dave Roberts is. Um, uh, let me see here: is r- manager of the year. Okay, did you just hear that clip? Did you hear that clip? Yeah. We took walks when we needed them. There was one walk the entire game. <laughs> they needed it. In the eighth <laughs> inning, where, by the way, they didn't even score. They needed it. What end. is he talking about? <laughs> this is why the guy shouldn't be the manager. You can't keep up with the walks. Again, it goes to the pitching situation. Right. There was one walk, and I remember that because in the eighth inning, Oral goes, that's the first walk of the game. <laughs> now. If Dave Roberts shouldn't be managing, I think we've got to take naming responsibilities away from Bill Foley. So Bill Foley, we talked about it yesterday. He has applied for a trademark for the name of a major league soccer franchise here in Las Vegas. And that name would be the Las Vegas Heroes. Ugh. Yesterday, Bill Foley talked to Mick Akers of the Review Journal, and he said the reasoning for the name Heroes would be to honor the first responders from the October one shooting here in Las Vegas. I don't like the nickname. And I think they, I think there's been many ways um, with a lot of class and a lot of absolute deserved, deservedly so that they were honored. I don't like the nickname. This is brutal marketing for a team. Bill Foley wants to honor the first responders. That is perfectly fine where he's coming from is a perfectly fine place. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. But this is not good because what's going to happen if you name the team the Las Vegas Heroes and you do it as a way to honor the first responders of the October 1 of the shooting? Fu- of the shooting. Every single time that there is some yes. explanation or reason given, like, hey, they're the Las Vegas Heroes. Like, why why the, the heroes? heroes? Yeah, exactly. The largest mass shooting in the United yeah. States will have to be brought up. Yeah. Bill Foley wants to identify his team. And again, I know he's trying to do it to honor the first responders, right. but what's going to happen if this is the team and this is the team name, he's going to have yeah. his team identify and be associated with 
the largest mass Shit. shooting in United States history every single time. That is horrible yeah. marketing. That is that is brutal because and again, every time even if you want to say, hey, we're honoring the first responders, well, what did they have to respond to? Oh, the guy who shot yeah. and killed 60 people. Yeah. That's going to come up every single time. You cannot name a team this. And this is not in the realm, so stop with your tweeting already because I'm not comparing this in terms of being equal, obviously. But the previous segment, we just talked about Deshaun Watson. When What are the headlines? Yes. What, are th what are things tied to when you make decisions on based on how many, things, how many times something will be brought up? Uh, then, you know what? What you did at the Golden Knights, do with your first MLS game and bring them out and have people stand and right. cheer and say, hey, this is who, this is who, these people were here. These are the people we turn to in the darkest time in the history of the city. Give them their day. Give them their night. Make it a local heroes night. You may have it local heroes night when your first MLS game. But you're right. This, it, it's really, and I'm, I'm not saying that Bill, like you said, his intentions are great. I get that. I think, again, when these things happen, I don't know why, and maybe they did, someone's not telling them, now, Bill, if you do this, right. this is the other side of this. It's not just honoring them. It will always bring up the darkest day in the history of the state. Do you really want that? Right. There's, I, I, I don't know who's on his, like, I have no MLS idea. team, I have no like, who's, in, who's doing the whole Major League Soccer part of this, but there's got... There has to be somebody there that says, hey, Bill, this is not a great idea for a nickname, and this is why. Because you are bringing up one of the worst events in this city's history right. as a way of a, a sports team's nickname. Like, again, we're talking about a sports team's nickname, and you're actively choosing to bring up, I mean, what? It's probably the worst event in the history of the city. Like, it is... It's remarkable to me that that would be the reasoning behind the name and that it would get to the point where they would apply for a trademark and not one person has said, hey, Bill, do you really want to bring that up every single time? Because here's here's the other thing with, with the Golden Knights, right? The Golden Knights were here. It was their first season. They were here when the shooting happened. They played and, a game and, days after. Right. Derek England gave the speech, right? Like, they were, the Golden Knights were associated with it because they were here. Mm -hmm. This soccer team, because... There's going to have to be a stadium built. It's going to take years. Even if they, even if Major League Soccer announced today, Vegas gets a team, it's going to take multiple years. It's going to be seven or eight years removed from that shooting. Like, this soccer team's going to have nothing to do with that. And again, that. you would be reminding people. Right. Some people who came into town who wouldn't put two and two together, who actually wasn't here for the shooting. And, I mean, look, you had to be under a rock in the, even in this world not to know yeah. what happened. But there are people like that. I'm telling you, there are people like that. People say things all the time, and I'm like, you didn't know that? Like, where have you been living? Like, not not just about the shooting, but other fa you know other facts where you're like, really? But there would be people like that. I'm telling you, there would be people like that that you'd have to explain. And then what happens? 60 people got shot. Then you start talking about it and looking it up, and you, you know, it brings it back over and over and over again. To your point on the stadium, uh, are you surprised? It's Foley, so I get that, and he likes to build his own things, and usually he's either using his own money or Henderson's. Uh, but, um, <laughs> well, he well, didn't know Henderson's was available. Well, exactly. He didn't know Henderson just write him a check for 40 million or whatever it was. I thought, am I wrong? Why isn't Allegiant like the perfect place? You know, MLS. Why? why no, isn't that I think place? Allegiant's a nightmare for major. For major oh, why is God. that? So because Atlanta plays in the Mercedes, right? Right. There's a handful of teams that do, but for the most part, Major League Soccer doesn't like NFL stadiums because they're massive, and most Major League Soccer teams cannot get fifty thousand okay, people. Okay, you're to right. Come they want. That's right. They want the Major League Soccer wants their own venue, and the and the and the um, 
entry fee. The uh, what, what expansion word? Expansion. Fee. That's yeah. like big deal. That's yeah. how they make their money. Right. So Seattle and Atlanta fill up or come close to filling yes. up football stadiums. They're about the only two okay. that do that. The rest of the of Major League Soccer, there's a I think New England still plays in the Patriots Stadium, but other than that, and they get like eighteen thousand. So that's what they're afraid of. They don't want a. If you draw twenty eight thousand for Major League Soccer, that's a good crowd. But if you're if you have twenty eight thousand in a sixty five thousand seat venue, it's going to look terrible. Okay, where do you play the first one or two years when he's building it? Well, you just wait until it's built until you oh. join the league. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just David, Be- okay. David Beckham taught us anything. Right. You just keep wandering around going. But beyond that, because you could conceivably still play at Allegiant Stadium, the other issue is that scheduling. Major League Soccer needs to play in the fall. We've seen how the Raiders treat UNLV. UNLV can't even play on Saturday if the Raiders play on Sunday. So Major they're League... playing San Jose on Friday night. Yeah, they had to move two games to a weekday. So Major League Soccer's just their their scheduling is going to be terrible in the fall because of the Raiders and UNLV. And then also Mark Davis is the one that controls that stadium. It's true. So Major League Soccer is not getting any rent. They're a tenant. They're going to have to pay rent, and they're not going to get right. any revenue from it. Plus, apparently, the stadium during the Gold Cup, the field is too narrow. Mm-hmm. Like soccer fields can be a certain width right. and it's still a legal size, but it's one of like the most narrow sizes. For some reason, Allegiant stadium didn't get built to host a normal size soccer field. I don't know how we screwed that up, but somehow we did that. So he's got his hockey down Need here. Another billion. Is it obvious that he's putting his soccer in, in Summerlin? <laughs> Does Foley just want to kind of give him any I money? Think Foley just wants to own all all uh, buildings within the two fifteen realm within <laughs> that beltway right there. He goes, who, who owns that? Who owns a UFC building? I think Foley owns that too. Everyone owns these. I mean, he owns everything. Where I mean, what's a stadium? Uh, twenty thousand, right? Where, what were they going to build at Cashman? Yeah, roughly Seth twenty, 20 or twenty five. I can't remember the number, but yeah, roughly in that ballpark. All right. 20,000-seat stadium. You probably want to put a roof on it because you play in the summer. The question will be, who's giving Bill Foley money to build it? Okay. Who do we hear from first on the financing? Bill Foley or Dave Cobble? <laughs> Who do we hear first? How are you going to pay for that? I And by the way, I'm trusting Bill Foley a lot more. There is one other thing because Bill Foley, he gave a quote saying that they're working with a local entity with a large piece of land. <laughs> Who Hello, the hell Deborah is Marsh. Who? Doesn't she have more land out there? I guess. <laughs> Who is that local entity? Is it just Henderson? <laughs> what? Well, she gave him forty, right? Forty-two million. I mean, I'd go right back to the coffers and say, hey, "You got any, any more?" I'm forty-two million team. plus what they give eight million for the the practice facility yeah. the Silver Knights are at. So like fifty million total. <laughs> I don't know Henderson had fifty. Million. Yes, it's in. They don't. They announced well, exactly. the budget shortfall the next day. <laughs> They're like, "Oh yeah, we don't have forty million dollars anymore." But we just gave Bill yeah. fifty. All right, coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. Do you have to announce who your starting quarterback is to the world? And is there an advantage in your preparation if your opponent doesn't know? Again, I would just say what we're going to do is what we feel is best for our football team, and that's what it'll be. That's really the bottom line. There's a lot of different things to talk about, but whatever it is, it'll be what we feel is best for the team. Yeah, and would it be best for the team to keep that under wraps? Or would it be best for the team to know what the situation is at certain positions. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Joining us now is Charles McDonald. Follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. Find his writing at For the Win. All right, Charles, does Cam Newton play for Bishop Sycamore this year? 
you know, I, I think if maybe if they weren't going through their own uh, little investigation of coming up, he'd, he'd be able to start over there. But uh, they might have a little bit too much turmoil to taking that unvaccinated quarterback right now. I think he might be too. I think he might be too uh, young for them. Uh, what did you <laughs> What did you make of it, Charles? I mean, uh, it broke right as our show went off that they have moved on from him and that Mac Jones will be the starter. Surprised? How? What level of surprise? Because we were kind of shocked. Yeah, I was surprised, but you know, you got to remember that uh, they've kind of already gone through this like Cam Newton COVID thing before, uh, in, in terms of last off last season, where obviously like there wasn't a vaccine, but uh, he got sick and missed some time, and then uh, this year he just said the vaccine was, or, or it was too personal to talk about why he didn't want to take the vaccine, uh, and then. He had the, the blunder where he ended up missing five days of practice. And I think that, you know, that shows right there, like, how fragile this is for the guys who don't want to uh, take the vaccine. Like, at any point, you could be, you know, at risk to miss five or ten days of practice. And depending on when uh, uh, that happens in the season, like, you can definitely miss a game. So, I guess if they felt like uh, the gap between Cam and Mac wasn't, all that big, uh, then you might as well take the guy who's going to be able to be there, uh, you know, at least as far as COVID concerned, be there every Sunday during the season. You don't have to worry about your starting quarterback not being there. So, uh, I, to me, I, I think Ken kind of brought this on himself uh, by not taking the vaccine because based on his performance this preseason, I thought that he looked like the best quarterback on the roster. I, I know that uh, Mac had uh, a strong performance in the preseason, but when you look at, like, the – the difficulty of the throws that Cam was attempting and getting in his receiver's hands. Uh, I thought he played well, but hey, like if I can't count on you to be there all 17 games, we know that Bill Belichick is not someone that's going to play that, especially when it's something as easy as getting a shot that would prevent that. What's the reasoning behind not just keeping him as the backup? Like if you want to name Mac Jones the starter because he, he's going to be more reliable because he's vaccinated, why not keep Cam around as the backup just in case Mac Jones isn't any good? Uh, well, you know, uh, I guess one thing you could say is uh, if Mac Jones ends up getting like one of these breakthrough cases that we've seen with the Delta variant, uh, then Cam would also be out too as a close contact. And if he's not vaccinated, he'd be out for a pretty long time, which would leave you, uh, you know, at a pretty bad spot in the quarterback room. Now, there's been like some, uh, I guess, people are trying to figure out if Brian Hoyer, the other quarterback on the roster, is vaccinated because. At one point, he said he wasn't going to do it, but then he's also been seated on the sidelines uh, without mastering the game, which is an indicator that he might have gotten a shot. So uh, maybe that's part of it. Also, there's just the thing that Cam has a really strong personality, uh, and it's kind of hard to keep someone like him and someone who players like as much as him on the bench, uh, a former MVP. But, you know, I, I think that, that Matt kind of has some of the same qualities, too. Like, if you go and talk to the Alabama receivers, uh they all think that Max is a pretty cool dude. They think that uh, they like his personality. So maybe that's something that can translate to the NFL as well. But, you know, I, I think when you look at the risk that you could be missing, like, multiple quarterbacks for a, a game at a time, no one wants to go through what Denver went through last year where they had to play the receiver quarterback. <laughs> and if you can avoid that situation, uh, that's always a good thing. And that, you know, his personality might not be suited for him being a backup. For the win senior writer, Charles McDonald, join us here in the press box. Uh, okay, so we named some teams, Denver 
Indy. Was Philly our third team? We're naming teams in terms of who. Carolina. Not, excuse me, Carolina. And Carolina. would he go back? Um, well, we said Minshew to Philadelphia. Maybe they're sad now. But so you're his agent, and obviously he probably wants to start. Where are some teams? Are those the teams you'd look to first? And, and give us a percentage. You're two weeks out from a season. Dolan Springs slash Meadview Residence and Emergency Cooling Center is located at the Golden Valley Fire Department Training Facility at 423 South Colorado Road in Golden Valley. Open today between 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. American Red Cross Family Assistance Team available. I, I guess if I was him, I'll be trying to get to Indianapolis because I feel like you know, based on what Carson Wentz put on tape last year, I mean, I feel like if you think that you can be a starting quarterback in the NFL, that's someone that you think you should probably be able to compete with. But, you know, it, it's slim pickings, and especially at, at this point in the offseason, you know, we're, we're what, uh, eight, nine days away from the start of the season, uh, and it's just not really a lot of time for uh, these guys to, to really look for a starting role and find that at, at this point in the offseason. So for Cam, I think for him, he's just going to have to suck it up and be a backup somewhere and obviously get the vaccine because that's going to play a huge role on whether or not teams want to sign him or not. Because, you know, why would I, why would I want to sign Cam Newton and bring him into a backup if I can't even count on him to potentially be a backup in a game where we might need him? What should the Texans actually do with Deshaun Watson? There was a report yesterday they'd keep him <laughs> on the 53 but never play him. Like, the NFL hasn't put him on a commissioner's list. He's not suspended. Like what, like, should they be playing him? Should they cut it? Like what should they be doing with Deshaun Watson? Uh, I don't think they should play him. I mean, because I, I think the goal at this point, the, the relationship's been destroyed to the point where you just got to trade him. But obviously, you know, someone that's facing 20 plus accounts, 22 accounts of, uh, uh, you know, sexual harassment, sexual assault, uh, allegations and ten of those have gone criminal. That's not someone you can really have suiting out for your team. But also, the Texans seem to be pretty uh, steadfast in their uh, requests from other teams as far as draft picks go. I mean, they want to start at three first-round picks and uh, a little bit more than that. Which I mean, on face value in a vacuum, yeah, of course you want to trade Deshaun Watson for as many first-round picks as you can get. And I think that. In a normal year where he doesn't have this hanging over his head, he's probably already gone to a team that's willing to trade that for him. But in the current situation, I, I just think, one, it'd be really irresponsible for a team to trade for him right now. And two, like I guess it's the Texans' right to hold on to, to what they want to for, in terms of draft picks. So if you're going to do that, the only real option you have is just to have them inactive every single week. And I guess that they, they must be doing some math like, hey, this – you know, however million dollars we're going to guarantee him by him being on the roster uh, this year, that's going to be worth whatever we can get in trade for him whenever this clears up or if it clears up. But, you know, there's so much uncertainty around what he's dealing with right now. I think the best plan of action for them is just to, to have him inactive every week. And I guess the, the thing with the exemplist is I think that the, the exemplist is probably the best course of action for them, but Usually, with the exemplars, like you come off the list when there's a resolution towards something, or you know, you, you get, you're getting close towards a resolution for your legal issues. And you know, we're not anywhere close to this Deshaun Watson thing being done as far as 
uh, all the cases going through, the police, the NFL investigation. So I think the part of the reason why he hasn't been put on the exempt list is because they don't know how long he would be on there. Uh, and I, it, you just be kind of walking in unprecedented territory with a guy being on the exempt list for a year. But also, like, this is an unprecedented situation. So uh, it, it's just kind of a bad look for everybody. But I, I think the Texans are just going to sit him every week until they can figure out a trade for him. We're assuming Cam's the biggest name to make news today. Are you expecting a quiet 53 cut for most? Are you expecting any other big names, trades? I mean, uh, this time of year you can get really quiet across the league, or sometimes there's some kind of trades there to move people and, and, and big names get moved. Yeah, I don't think that anything's going to top Cam Newton getting traded today unless, like, the Dolphins just happen to pull off that uh, Deshaun Watson trade. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I don't really see anything topping the Cam Newton news because, you know, like I said, like he, he had played pretty well in the preseason, and just based on the caliber of his play, like, he definitely made uh, – he had definitely like, earned the right to make a play towards the Patriots starting quarterback. But, you know, he doesn't want to get the vaccine for reasons that are – too personal for him. Which NFL player would give his own fans a thumbs down or boo them like Javi Baez did with Mets fans? Oh, uh, that's a good one. I think if I had to guess, I would go Antonio Brown. Like I could see him kind of relishing in that that villain situation. Like, like if he, I don't, I don't think that the Bucks would be the Bucks fans would be in a situation where they would boo him because they just had like. The recent success, but he would be my my answer if he's like on a losing team and things are going bad. But uh, also, you know, like if Deshaun Watson ends up getting into the starting lineup for the Texans somehow this year, like we already saw him uh, cuss at reporters, and this is uh, a guy that's been playing like scout team safety and running back in practice. So uh, I could definitely see him antagonizing the people that that decide to boo him during the season if he does play. Was Antonio Brown given thumbs down from the hot air balloon, Ed, when he was? I'm trying to. Well, I'm trying to think. I was up in Napa. Um, I lost track once he put it. Once his feet were frozen, and I didn't know if that was going to mean he couldn't be in the hot air balloon. So he might have just been giving the thumbs down as, as my feet aren't any good; they're frozen. But I didn't. I didn't really know. Is that was an interesting Napa camp, Charles? I have to tell you that he did keep us on our toes. No pun intended. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm, I forget that he even played with the Raiders. That was such a weird. <laughs> well, it's been so long. Time. <laughs> he did and actually. He, play. He, barely, he barely did play for them. <laughs> yeah, he he suited up for a preseason game, and that was about the extent of the Antonio Brown era. He's Charles McDonald again. Find his work at For the Win. Follow him on Twitter at Four Verts. Charles, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Charles. All right, talk to you guys. Yep. Oh, Antonio Brown. That was a good answer. That was a really oh, good that was answer. Oh, that's great. I mean. Who would boo their uh, own Right fans? when you were asking yeah. the question, like, who would do that? And he just came up with the best person by far. Awesome. <laughs> All right, coming up next, our Sharp is still winning. We're going to struggle seven times out of, out of ten. And it just it just feels bad when, when, when we strike out. When I strike out and I get booed, you know, it doesn't really get to me. But, like, I want I want to let them know that when we success, we're going to do the same thing to to know how to, to let them know how, how it feels, you know, because – if we win together, then we we gotta lose together, you know. And 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 the fans are really big part of it. So, in my case, they they gotta be better, you know. I, I play for the fans and I love the fans, but if they're gonna do that, they they just putting more pressures on the team, and and that's not that's not what we want. We're back to the press box morning show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at six nine one eight seven Finley Kia. Come see a Kia on West Sahara. 
All right, Josh is back. He's gotten three in a row right. Andre Rublev won a U.S. Open match yesterday, so won it for Josh. He's now up to three. He's got to get to nine before he wins a prize. We've got some mystery jerseys, uh, mystery hats that we have to give away. Whenever you say mystery, I ask, do we really have those? Yeah, we have them. We just don't want to let you know what they are yet because nobody might call in. So, Josh... Where would really you like to wait, to boy, way to promote the product. <laughs> Where do you want to go with your pick today? How about Novak Djokovic? Okay, ah, more the tennis. The layup, the layup. More tennis. All right, we got you in. Novak Djokovic, uh, assuming he wins, we will be calling you again tomorrow at the same assuming time. he wins. <laughs> Good luck, Josh. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Novak Djokovic. Uh, if I've heard of them, they have to, they have to, like... They have to win, right? No, somebody lost on tennis last year. It was it was a big upset too. We he had, lost. Yeah, we he lost some, in the US Open last year. Hell, it might have been him that somebody lost on last year, <laughs> for all I remember. But yeah, somebody's lost on a big tennis favorite before. It's happened, so it could happen again. So, do want to mention this tomorrow? Join Darren Milsey Millard from the VGK Insiders over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. He'll be out at Ford Country on 280 North Gibson and Henderson for a meet and greet. With Shay Theodore. Uh, that is tomorrow, 5 to 6.30 p.m. So if you want to meet Shay Theodore, if you want to yell at Darren Millard, 5 to 6.30 p.m. out at Ford Country on North Gibson in Henderson. I just want someone to be like, Shay who? I'm here to meet Milsey. <laughs> <laughs> just brush past Shay Theodore and go straight for Darren Millard. Also at Ford Country coming up in September, September 11th, you'll be able to join... Q from Raider Nation Radio. He'll be out there, and it'll be a meet and greet with Josh Jacobs. So that'll be September 11th from three oh, to four thirty. That trumps Millsy. Well, of course, I mean, every, come on, everything's every, better than Millsy. Yeah, exactly. Of course. Oh, how do you? How do I you, will not stand for this Millsy slander. How do you go from Millsy to Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. My goodness, great, great guy. Uh, get by the Q man. Well, Shay, Shay Theodore's down there tomorrow. No, Millsy's down there with his friend. Yes, exactly. All right, let me give you a Scott Frost quote here. Oh, God, it's so good. So Nebraska lost Illinois in their season opener, and Scott Frost said, about half our game plan was out the window when they lined up how they did. Does that guy want to get fired? Like I if you're think an, so. if you're an athletic director, usually athletic directors meet with their head football coach once a week, like for dinner or whatever, to go over the previous game and talk about the next one, because obviously the football coach is usually the most important person on campus. Is that how he opened up before they got the dinner salads? Listen, we were okay until they lined up. It's like, <laughs> Scotty, this isn't working out. Kickoff, great. <laughs> yeah, kickoff kick was, was good. But then they lined Bielemas sent him out and they lined up. I'm like, it's not good. How often have you heard a coach admit they got outcoached? Oh, never. Because that's what he just did. He just yeah. said our our preparation was useless. Yeah. Because they lined up a way we didn't expect never. them to line up. Never. What? How? He wants out. He wants out. I guess he's probably got a big buyout. He wants out from the school he went home to. (laughs) Not many people say that when they've gone home. (laughs) Let me go home, and now I'm telling you we don't know what we're doing. You know, uh, being in Florida kind of was better. (laughs) He's got to have a huge buyout. I would assume so. Oh, yeah, he has to. Yeah, and as long as he gets fired for being a bad football coach. Now, 
if well, he gets now fired, there's other, a, few, a few other things he get fired because they're under NCAA investigation yes. for yes. having those illegal practices yes. during COVID and having illegal coaches that are supposed to be analysts. So if he gets fired for that stuff, that can be for cause, and he loses his buyout. <laughs> so completely. what you're saying is the AD knows he can't coach. <laughs> Heard that he said when they lined up, he's, but he said, I got to keep this guy until we get the, yes. we got the NCAA brings he's it called, down and then I don't have to pay this guy. Anything. He's calling Mark Everett. Just yes, call, exactly. can you speed yes. this up? When are you guys going to come down with the allegations where we have to forfeit a bowl game? Cause I need to fire this guy with cause. He lost to Lovey Smith's players. <laughs> Their athletic director is also a former Nebraska player. Trev Alberts. Trev Albert. Yeah, I I'm, think I'm they, not, just, uh, they just hired him. I think this I got to raise a hand. I'm not a fan of his. What did Trev Alberts do? He didn't return like three calls oh, on a column okay. I was doing. I don't know what it was about. Like, anyway, like 20 years ago. Yes, it was during the Super Bowl, <laughs> and he wouldn't return <laughs> the call. Christ. So I, I'm not a fan of Trevor. Sorry, <laughs> sorry if you're listening, <laughs> which I'm going to say you're not. But I'm going to say oh. no. I'm not a fan. Well, he's I, the one that is okay. Potentially he's firing Scott. Which, Frost. by the way, I don't know if you want to tell. And AD, never mind a dude who actually played Treb, you know, when they lined up, we couldn't do it. Albert's like, well, what are you talking about? What? What? We always knew somehow to answer. That's what preparation is <laughs> Isn't for. Isn't that your job? Yeah, exactly. To know how they're going to line up? <laughs> do you only prepare for one lineup? <laughs> like, well, you know, if they line up this way, we're really not going to have any idea what the hell they're doing. We thought they were playing three linebackers yeah, exactly. as soon as they took one off the field. Know, we're like, oh, I don't know what to we do We didn't now. know what to do. <laughs> like, I'm trying. That is a good question. What did Illinois line up like? I don't know. Because it's not Illinois. Okay, if you go back to the Wildcat game that the Dolphins beat the Patriots with, like, that's one thing where it's like, oh, wow, they use something that we have literally never, never seen. Ronnie Brown. Yeah. Casually watching Nebraska-Illinois, first college game of the season. I don't remember no. Illinois doing anything no. where it's like, that's never been seen before in college well, football. you missed it because you were still shocked that Martinez was still the quarterback in Nebraska because <laughs> he's 76 years old. And you're like, you didn't even look at Illinois. Gonna, you're like, is that guy still the quarterback in Nebraska? Scott Frost's quote should have been, half our game plan was out the lineup as soon as we put Adrian Martinez, <laughs> Martinez as the starter. He was going to fumble away half the stuff we wanted to do. So, sorry, we lost to Illinois. <laughs>